0: This podcast was produced by RFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. You are listening to The Arenality on RFM. Kia everyone. My name is Arina Aizal and thank you for tuning in on Otago Access Radio for my radio show and podcast, The Arenality. Firstly, I would like to acknowledge our listeners on Radio Kidnappers in Hawkes Bay Wellington Access Radio, Plains FM in Christchurch, Free FM in Hamilton, and Coast Access Radio in Horofenua and Kapiti. Hello from Dunedin, and to our international listeners out there tuning into the podcast Hello from New Zealand. The Arenality is a platform for women with international backgrounds on their cultural identities, belonging, well-being, and passions in Aotearoa. In this episode, we have Young, a full-time PhD student in public health, and she also used to be my Korean teacher. Kia ora, Young.
1: Kia ora, Arina. Thank you for having me today.
0: Thank you so much for being here. Um, I do want to acknowledge how we started, you know, like I got to know you first as my Korean teacher. You taught me so much um, last uh-huh. year. And now we're friends, you know, how it's such mm-hmm. a funny um way of life, Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I'm so glad I got to know you, and you've really taught me a lot last year.
1: Oh, thank you. It's always nice to hear back from former students, and um, it's very cool to see people being willing to learn um, a different language, a different culture, and step outside their comfort zone. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, would you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Okay.
1: Okay. Kia ora Koto everyone. Uh my name is Yi Song Yong, or that's my Korean name. I'm a public health PhD student. Um hopefully in my final year. Uh living here in Dunedin Otepoti, here in New Zealand. Um I don't know what else to say except that um yeah, that that's I guess that's who I am in terms of my occupation. Um I'm also a sister, I'm a daughter, I'm a friend, I'm a cousin. Um, I locate and identify myself according to um, my community relations. And apparently that's very common people would like, um, community identity, something I learned in my psychology class. But mm. anyways, uh, yeah, I think, um, what else? I also really love houseplants. Um, and I am Korean in ethnicity, but I have lived in New Zealand for a very long time. Mm.
0: Well, thank you so much for that introduction. And I really like how you mentioned, um, when you introduce yourself by your relationship with other people, I think that's Mm -hmm. very, um, unique. And also, um, it's something that I learned through your Korean culture classes as well that, you know, relationships, um, are very important um, in the yep. Korean culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about your um, what you're currently doing. So you're a PhD student in public health. Um, yep. How's that going so far?
1: Um, it's going. <laughs> uh, it has been really interesting because uh, I know everyone blames it on pandemic, but it's true. We've had a global pandemic. So, last year um, we had a lockdown, and the year before that we had lockdown too. So, it's been really interesting um, navigating my journey as a PhD student um, with ever changing government regulations regarding when we can or can't come on to campus. Um, and also just acknowledging that this pandemic has also impacted the staff
0: who yeah. are
1: um, trying to supervise me, plus other students, on top of other work that they have to do. Um, but yeah, it's been interesting times, for sure.
0: Mm, and hopefully it, it ends this year. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. yeah. <laughs> That's very hopeful. Um, and let's talk about being a teacher at the Korean language classes. Um, mm. how, how did you start going into that?
1: Um, I guess it sort of somewhat runs in my family. and um, My mom is a music teacher. So, and uh, I have a younger sibling, so typically when you're the older sister, you have to help out your sister with homework and other things. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of did some tutoring, I guess, um, just growing up. And I started doing private tutoring when I was about 15 um, in various subjects that I was relatively good at school. Um, At the time, when I was in year 13, I really enjoyed biology and English. Um, But I didn't like physics or calculus, um, did not like those subjects at all. And then also my dad also teaches, and he does other things on the side. Um, In 2018, I had the privilege of going to a conference in Seoul uh, that was supported by the South Korean government. Um, It was for postgraduate students of... um, living all across in different countries, um, studying sciences and engineering, uh, and you had to be bilingual. Hmm. And that conference really had a huge impact on me. I met a lot of um, other girls living in other countries of Korean heritage who were volunteering and teaching and sharing their Korean language and culture. Hmm. Um, So me coming back from that trip um, really sort of made me think, Maybe there's something that I can do. And the Needham Korean Society sort of said they were looking for a teacher and they needed a teacher. And so I kind of just started and that was last year. And somehow I've just kept going and I have really enjoyed the experience so far.
0: Yeah. And as a student, you know, I can totally say that um, it was a pleasure working with you. And um, I love the way you teach. Uh, I remember we did a lot of games, you know, and you always bring us snacks, you know, and that that always gets us excited for um, learning and actually just making new friends there. It was really nice. Hmm.
1: Like, I think um, my, I would say personally for me, I think especially with languages, I'm a believer that um, you don't have to learn languages in a way that has to be very boring. And it doesn't have to involve this teacher up the front talking for an hour and people being super silent and just taking notes. Hmm. Like, I think language is something that has to be quite interactive and you learn more when you're having fun and when you feel valued um, and when you're connecting with your classmates. Yeah, I think that's very, very important in learning. Uh, yeah. personally.
0: I like when you mentioned that, you know, connecting with your classmates is important because if you're not connecting you, otherwise you won't speak up. And I think speaking mm. is part of language learning as well. Mm. Mm. Yeah, mm. that's a very good point. Yeah. Um. So when I asked you about your cultural identity, you said, ahaha, ha, ha, complex. <laughs> yeah. So I am very curious. Um, do you want to talk to us about that?
1: Um, I would say in terms of my uh culture identity it really depends on not me so much but the other person who's talking to me and the context and the location i'm in um and the reason for that is because i remember when i was about 15 and i went back to korea uh to spend time um holiday to see my grandma and with my dad and stuff like that and I went to the local hapkido gym around the corner and there were some boys there and I remember hearing for the first time they said oh you're kyopo like you're not Korean so that means you weren't, that you're not living here in Korea right now Um, I remember hearing that and feeling quite hurt and quite shocked and like what do you mean? Like, in Christchurch in New Zealand, I'm the Korean girl in my school. And you're telling me I'm not Korean. Like, what the heck am I supposed to be here? So I went through a lot of, I guess, turmoil as as a teenager. And apparently that is something very common among TCKs or third culture kids. Hmm. Um, I don't know if people are aware of this term, but it's for people um, of a certain cultural background who end up migrating or going to a culture that's different to your parents' culture.
0: Mm.
1: Um, so there's something I really had to wrestle with. And me being all um, Christian in faith, I think what I have come to uh, find in my early years of undergrad is that regardless of how people choose to put stickers on me or label me, what is most important is that I am child of God and that I'm loved and that I am still me the way I am. And that's okay. And not everyone is always going to agree with, um, how I see myself, I guess, but that's okay. I guess, Uh, I would say the whole culture identity has slightly changed a bit over the years I think when I was younger and living in Christchurch as a child I would say that I was that Korean girl um, living in Christchurch and then when I went back to Korea I was like the girl from New Zealand, it was really odd but now I'm more of like, I guess I am both Hmm. that's that I guess that sort of answers the question. And um, when people ask me, you know, who are you? Or what 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 do you identify with? I actually say, I just state the fact that that I am Korean in ethnicity. I that's my cultural um, heritage. I have lived in New Zealand um, for a long time, but I also really um, take pride in my Korean heritage and my culture. Um, but I'm also very grateful for a lot of the opportunities that New Zealand has provided me, um, in terms of education, um, and also in terms of like, I guess, um, my, who I am as a woman too, Mm -hmm. I would say. Because I remember telling my dad a few years ago that um, I actually thought about going back and living in Korea permanently. And then he told me, like, which means, like, <laughs> don't. So I was like, why? And he said, you understand that Korea, South Korea traditionally is a very patriarchal mm-hmm. society. So even though we have made a lot of progress in the last, I would say, 20, 30 decades, like, it's still very hard to find women in senior management and leadership roles. You were saying, like, you have more opportunities in New Zealand. So, like, stay where you are or go elsewhere, but don't come back permanently to Korea. Hmm. So, yeah, it's kind of us asking, like, um, I guess that's something that kids of multiple heritages somewhat struggle with too, I guess. Like, you know, who are you? If your mum is, like, African-American and if your dad is, like, I don't know, French, what are you supposed to be? Mm-hmm. And I guess the answer is I'm not either, but I'm also both at the same time. Mm-hmm. and it depends where I'm at. So I guess that's kind of where I'm at, I guess. Yeah.
0: It seems like you've had years of thought, <laughs> thinking about this and years of acceptance to, you know, where you are now. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it wasn't easy at first, but um now you're at the stage of acceptance that you can claim that you know this is who i am and regardless of what people put stickers on me you know that's not as important as who i think of myself i really mm-hmm. like when you mentioned that yeah
1: mm-hmm. um, yeah
0: and yeah um something else that i do want to mention is that um you go by songyong and also by bol do you want to share with us that story
1: yeah, so what's happened is that um, I was born with my Korean name, which is Seongkyong, and the Gyeong sound is really hard to pronounce in English. Uh, so when when I was in um, Korea and going to school there, people called me Seongkyong, but then when I started school in New Zealand, um, our teachers found it very hard to pronounce my name, and the school principal literally went to my dad and said, just can't pronounce her name like does she have another name so my dad's like actually like her name if you translate it directly it's bible and in korean culture that is not that weird because i know a lot of girls in korea who are named after like precious objects like crystal glass like the ocean sky i even know uh i think she's like some sort of celebrity her name is like Hongyeong, which means like the Holy Spirit. Like imagine having a name like that, hmm. and she seems to live a relatively normal life. And there's an actress and model, and she is saying name as me, um, and I think it's just different. Yeah, it's just a different way of thinking, I guess, in Korea, and that's that's not that weird. Um, but here in New Zealand, it's weird to have a name like Rival. And I um, I didn't really think much about it until I got to my teenage years. And then I was like, hmm, I have a weird name. What do I do with this? Um, but I think what sort of helped was I was going to a school that's kind of like Columba College down the road. Mm. So it was a school with, like, Presbyterian heritage. So I guess I was somewhat protected in that sense, Um and then I got to uni, my undergrad, and I was like, okay, I definitely have a weird name. And then um, a lot of my friends started giving me, like, nicknames. Um, so I started having nicknames like Bee, obly Bob, um, Bubbles. Bubbles are <laughs> <also> cute, though. <laughs> yeah. So they're all, they're all nicknames that people have given me over the years. Hmm. Um I guess the most extreme reaction I've had was, I had this one lecturer. She was like, oh, I find your name so offensive. Like, I refuse to call you by that. And I'm not going to call you by that for the entire semester. So she really did. Wow. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so that's really, like, one extreme, I guess, like, reaction that I've had. And I have people on the phone, I've had people say, like, oh, that's lovely, dear, and, like, I'll see you soon, Barbara, or Maple. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, a lot of different reactions. And But I still chose to, like, keep my name. And then um, in 2020, I saw Donald Trump who was the president of America at the time, and he was seen waving the little black Bible outside of church. And I think he was trying to convince voters to vote for him um, because of, I don't know, he was trying to convince people that he's Christian. Hmm. And I remember just watching that and thinking like your lifestyle and the way you live your life and the way you treat others, that is not Christian at all. Like, because the core of Christianity the way I understand it is actually about sacrificial love because the core of Christianity is actually about God sending his son, right? As a sacrifice and like his lifestyle, Donald Trump from the way I saw on media, maybe it's biased. It was not sacrificial. It was not like kind or caring. And that's when I started thinking like, do I want people to think that I somehow Have the same values and the morals as this man? And I'm thinking, no. (laughs) And it's so weird how often in media it's the loud people with the most interesting views who get like slammed as Christian. People who are like anti vaxxers, people who don't like believe in like medical care or education are somehow supposed to be like, but I think being conservative in your lifestyle and being Christian are two different things. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm Christian, but I am not conservative to a point where I listen to music only from 1950s mm-hmm. or think that women should not be educated or that, like, um, yeah, I don't know. I can just go on and on and on yeah. and on. Yeah, it. that's
0: a very that, good point. Yeah, it's like religious. Being religious doesn't mean you're conservative.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. like, to me, they're different things. Um. so, I mean, some people tie the two together. I've seen people do that. Hmm. But personally, for me, I don't do that. Hmm. Like, I believe in technology. Like, I believe in modern medicine. Hmm. And, like, I believe in, like, woman's right to get education and to vote. Yeah. Like, they just... Equality. They're, <laughs> yeah. Like, that's. it's just very different. Yeah. Um, so, I think... Uh, from 2020, um, I went to the head of my department the university and actually just told him, hey, like, if it's okay, I'd rather I just go by my um, Korean birth name mm-hmm. and how you address me in terms of my email and everything like that. Um, so, yeah, I started being called Seongkyung uh, at university in 2020, obviously for social media, for privacy reasons I don't always use my full name Um, and people who have known me as Bible for a long time that's that's fine, I can't really force people, Hmm. I'm okay with whatever people are comfortable calling me by Um, but I guess I would say pretty much everyone that I have met since 2020 who I knew I would say most people know me as song mm-hmm. Um
0: Yeah, it's actually a very inspirational story. Um, I'm imagining there are people out there who, you know, who were asked to change their name from a very young age, and later in life finding, um, you know, learning that they love their name and they want to embrace their real born name. You know, their birth name. Um, mm-hmm. And I think when they hear this story, they'd feel empowered as well that, you know, it's fine to go to your um, department and let them know that, you know, um, from now on, this is my name, you know, and it's totally fine to do that. Mm. It takes courage. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm really, um, you know, I'm really inspired by you to, that you did that for yourself.
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs>
0: Um, let's talk about something very unique to you,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: weightlifting. (laughs) I actually didn't know that you did weightlifting um, when you were my teacher, because of course I didn't know your social media or anything, but I found out um, later that, wow, oh my God, you're so cool. You know, it's very interesting because I actually don't know anyone who does it. Um, can you tell oh. us about weightlifting and, like, your journey through it?
1: Yeah, um, so I... Ha, um, so this kind of goes back to culture identity, I guess. And as a teenager, like, my body image is something I really struggled with. Like, I thought I had to be super real thin, like the girls in K-pop music videos. So I, looking back, I did a lot of disordered eating. I restricted, I used to starve myself, and then I would binge, and I would feel bad. Um, and then in my final year of undergrad, I even tried, like, throwing up food, because I wanted to be thin, right? But, um, and also, like, something that I didn't like is, I have what's known as mudari, which is, it means reddish calves, right? So I wanted, like, long leggy legs hmm. but instead I've got these musty calves which I didn't like as a teenager and then um, I will say that in 2017 I was going to a local gym and then I, um, I did some group classes for women involving like mini dumbbells and like how to do like body weight squats and I did it for a year and Surprisingly, I really enjoyed it, um, and I found it very different to those intense yelling at people to run more fast-ish <laughs> <laughs> sort of aerobic classes. It's just very, it's very relaxed, and um, I just really enjoyed it. And then when the classes sort of finished for summer, um, I was trying to figure out what to do. And then I met a girl at gym who was doing powerlifting. And so I became friends with her. And then she told me, oh, I'm going to nationals for powerlifting in a few days. Do you want to come in and watch me lift? So I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Um, so I went to watch. And it was such a, like, a, you know how you have some events that sort of, like, is like, mind-blowingly life-changing? That national event was exactly that for me. Because I saw women of various heights, various um, shapes, lifting huge amounts of weight, eating lollies, donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody was eating celery at <laughs> <as> the competition. <laughs> and when I went there, I was. I ended up talking to some other women who were competing. They're like, "Have you thought about um?" Instead of focusing so much on the aesthetics, focus on your body and how it feels and how it functions and how it helps you to live your daily life and how it makes you feel. Like focus on exercise so that um, so that it helps you in terms of your mental health and so it helps you in terms of your everyday life. Instead of focusing on what it should look like. Mm-hmm. And then somehow like the aesthetics is sort of like the byproduct that comes from um caring and nurturing your body instead of trying to starve it. Um and after that event I was really inspired and I found a coach. Uh so I started doing tiny weights. Um and then, my coach was like, "You have really strong calves. That's like, that's genetically very helpful in terms of like lifting weight." And so that was the first time where I ended up taking a lot of pride in my mm-hmm. reddish calves, mm-hmm. <laughs> my reddish legs. I was like, "Woohoo! It's a good thing." And then, um, I started to accept, I guess, that my body is never going to be like rail thin. Like the Instead K-pop idols. it has <laughs> Yeah. Instead I have like boobs and curves and that's okay. Yeah. Um and so I started lifting and just kept going with it and in 2018 I went to lift at South Island and lifted enough to go into nationals. Yeah. Wow. um and I, unfortunately, I didn't have enough money, so I didn't go and compete at the actual national comp, which was at um, North Island area. But I have gone and competed at national level under WPNZ uh, for bench press. And also this year, um, I have some injuries at the moment, which is another thing. Mm. But I'm really hoping to be able to go to nationals again, Um And something I've been really keen to do in my lifetime, like, before I die, is I want to be able to represent New Zealand in powerlifting. Um, And what I think is really cool about the sport is that it's very welcoming and you can keep lifting, like, for as long as you like.
0: Mm. Even
1: when you're, like, Masters Level 3. Like, I've seen people in their 80s lift and do international comps. Like, I really want to live for a very long time as mm. is, is, um, much as possible. Mm,
0: that's really great because a lot of sports have, like, age limits, you know? Mm. 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 Wow. Um, Song Young, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, before we wrap up the show, do you have any words of inspiration to other people listening? <laughs>
1: So I was supposed to talk about well-being and taking care of yourself today. I would say thank you very much to listeners who have taken time to listen to this show. I thank you very much to Arena for organizing this. Um, If you, for anyone stuck at home um, not having the best day, I hope that you remember that um, just because you're having a bad day doesn't mean tomorrow will be a bad day. In fact, you might have a better day tomorrow. Um, Take care of yourself. And remember to take time out to recharge um, and take pride in who you are and the way you are. And it's okay to be different. Um, yeah, and I hope everyone has a really good rest of the week. That is the
0: end of our episode of The Arnality today. I hope you learned a lot about Song Young's story, on how she embraced her Korean name growing up in New Zealand, and her passion for weightlifting. If anyone would like to contact me, feel free to email aizalarena at gmail.com. You can also follow me on my Instagram at Arina Otherwise, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye! You've been listening to The Arinality on RFM.